The first reading is from St. Luke, the 10th chapter. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Mark, the first chapter. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the word of the Lord. As I mentioned last week, Jesus Christ, our Savior, began his ministry alone. When he first got started, he went from town to town, from village to village, from synagogue to synagogue, alone, because he didn't have anybody, and his disciples to remember what he did. Between the time of his baptism and his temptation, and the calling of the disciples by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was alone. So we don't really know what he did, but we do have this wonderful sermon outline that we just heard from the first chapter of Mark. Wherever he went, he preached on these themes. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent and believe the good news. In this, there were two announcements and two challenges. The announcements, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. And the challenges... Repent and believe in the gospel, believe the good news. Last week, we talked about the first of those uh, announcements, the time was fulfilled. And we've read from St. Paul who said, when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son. It's as if time were pregnant. Human history were pregnant. And at the right time, at the right time, Jesus Christ came. And he was the fulfillment of the things that Jews had been looking for. Tonight we hear the kingdom of God has come near. (laughs) Jesus didn't preach about the democracy of God. He preached about the kingdom of God. 
He didn't preach about men coming together to vote. He preached about men and women coming together to obey. Because in a kingdom, there is no voting. There is only obedience. And when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, that was a central theme of his whole message. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God is coming. So he taught his disciples to pray. Thy kingdom come. Central teaching of Jesus. He taught, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness and everything will take care of itself. He taught that the rich would not be able to enter the kingdom of God because they were in the wrong kingdom and they had the wrong God. And so they could not enter. In the uh, 11th chapter of John uh, of Mark, there was a, a controversy. Uh, when Jesus was casting out demons, he was accused of casting them out by Beelzebub, by using the power of evil to cast out evil. And Jesus said, no, that's right. That's not right. And then he said this, but if, if, but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out the demons then the kingdom of God has come near you. Wherever the demons are cast out, that's where the kingdom comes. And I thought about the service last Sunday, the laying on of hands for healing, all the folks who came up. And I think, and in that, the kingdom of God came close last Sunday. A little further on, um, he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming. And he said, the kingdom of God is not coming with things to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there it is. For in fact, he said, the kingdom of God is among you, or the kingdom of God is within you. That this kingdom is, a, is an internal, it's a personal kingdom. And the word you is plural. The kingdom of God is is among you, is with you. You remember when Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, the accusation was that he claimed to be a king. That was a charge that was bound to get the notice of the Romans because he sounded like a revolutionary trying to establish another kingdom besides the kingdom of Rome. And that got Rome's attention, that they, they didn't like it. And so there's this marvelous exchange. Pilate entered the headquarters again and summoned Jesus and said, he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you ask this of, on your own or did others tell you? And Pilate said, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. So from beginning to end, the teachings of Jesus were about, about the kingdom of God. 
And you remember when he was crucified. Above him on the cross, there was a saying written in Hebrew and in Latin and in Greek in those three languages so that everybody could read it. And it said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Have you ever seen a cross with the letters I, N, R, I? Ever wonder what that means? Inri? Have you ever seen that? Okay, well, it's Latin. It's the, it's the first letter of the four words in Latin. The I in, in Latin stands for a J. So the first I is Jesus. The N stands for Nazareth. The R, who knows the Latin word for king? Rex, it's what you name your dog. And the last I stands for Jews. I-N-R-I. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. When he taught his parables, again and again he would say, the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of God is like that. And uh, throughout his ministry, that was a theme of his teaching, the kingdom of God. And when he started his preaching and teaching, he said, the kingdom of God is coming near you through me because the time is fulfilled. Now you have to wonder, if the kingdom of God came through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ, why is the world in such a mess? Why is it that though we say he has come as the king, why do we not see evidence of his kingdom? Is it a hollow claim that he came as king for all people? Let me tell you about King Haakon of Norway. King Haakon, King Haakon of Norway was a Dane. And in 1905, the union between Norway and Sweden was dissolved. And the Norwegians wanted a king. And there were no kings in Norway, so they went to Denmark. And they got a, a Danish prince to come to Norway and to be their king. That was in 1905. And his name was Carl. And when he came to Norway, he chose the name Håkon, H-A-A-K-O-N. He chose that name because there had been kings in Norway, and uh, six of them, and they were all known as Håkon. And so when Carl chose the name Håkon, that just rang some bells in the Norwegian psyche. That was in 1905. In 1940, the Germans invaded Norway, and uh, they came to King Håkon, and they wanted him to to renounce the throne. They wanted him to turn the government over to their, their stooge. His name was Quisling. And uh, King Hawkins said, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And they tried to capture him, and Hawkins was smuggled out of Norway and went to England. And he lived in England for five years. He and his wife, Maud, and their son, Olaf, who became the next king. 
Now, here's the question. For the five years that Haakon was in England, was he the king of Norway? Well, he wasn't there. He wasn't ruling it. The fact of the matter is, the Germans were ruling Norway. The facts on the ground were that he was not the king. But in principle, in principle, even though he was in England, he was the king of Norway. And his, uh, his insignia was H and the seven. Can you imagine that? An H and a seven. And that was printed on the coins. And during the occupation, the Norwegians made buttons and earrings and jewelry out of them and wore them just to rub the, the noses of the, uh, the Nazis into the fact that Hawken was king. So he was not king in fact, but he was king in principle, even though he was not ruling. In the same way, our Lord Jesus Christ is king. Now, as you look around the world, there are large, large places that don't, that don't recognize him. They don't recognize his, his kingship. But here and there, here and there around the world, there are little pockets of people who recognize that Jesus Christ is king. And this is one of them. In this little bit of heaven, in this colony of heaven, away from the world, here we are people who acknowledge the kingship of Jesus Christ. We acknowledge the kingdom of God. We're a pocket of obedience in a world that doesn't know him. One of the things that's central to my, to my preaching and teaching is a, is a line that I learned from a man named Emil Brunner. Emil Brunner was a, a theologian of the, the middle of the last century. And in discussing the, um, the, the theme of the kingdom of God, Emil Brunner wrote this. The kingdom of God means only God matters. The kingdom of God means only God matters. Remember, Jesus taught, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And Brunner summed it up this way. The kingdom of God means only God matters. That doesn't mean that everything else doesn't matter. But God comes before everything else. Your food, your clothing, your wife, your children, your job, your retirement account, whatever there is, God comes first. You can look upon life as a list of priorities. Think of it that way. We live our lives out of our priorities. And in the kingdom of God, God comes first. All the other stuff is important. I'm not saying it's not important. It's just not on the top of the list. And so you've heard me say this before, that for Val and me, that means that in my life, she comes second. 
And in her life, I come second. Now, that doesn't mean that we love each other any less. It, what, in fact, what it means is that since we share this value, our marriage is wonderful because we have our priorities straight. And Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God and it's come near you and it comes near us. It's come near us tonight. So Jesus came with two announcements. The time is fulfilled, and it was fulfilled in him. The kingdom of God is at hand. And next week, the challenges. Repent and believe. Amen.